Hello and welcome to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. And I'm Childish Gonzalez. Childish Gonzalez? Yes. Hmm. What, why? What, okay, never mind. <laughs> Congratulations. Shall I call you Childish through the show or is that not what we're aiming for? No, let's move on. Okay. So, hi everyone. After last week's horror show about rabbits, we've got a horror show about dingoes. Sorry, everyone. November's a rough one. (laughs) Um, We are going to talk as compassionately as possible about A Cry in the Dark, a 1988 film starring Meryl Streep about a real thing that happened. So we're not going to make jokes at the expense of a baby. But we will make jokes. The prosecutor made jokes at the expense of the baby. Yeah, it was... It, Trash. This, this is so, and about the worst of human nature at times. This is a courtroom film about right. how the public is garbage. This has also become a catchphrase that I don't think a lot of people know is based on a real thing. So you may be familiar with The Dingo Ate My Baby, uh, which is never not once uttered in this film. No. So I was listening for it. I was waiting we'll for it. We'll dispense of it. This. It's not. Okay. She says the dingo took my baby. Right. But at no point does she ever use the verb eat or ate. That's not. Okay. So content warning, uh, child death and dingoes, if that's of a thing for you. There's a lot to, um, I don't know, I really appreciated this movie, uh, both from the, the point of view of what we're going through right now right? as a culture and the notion that a woman didn't get listened to, is told how to behave in public. Yeah. Is told yes. How to, so there's a lot of that in this film. Mm-hmm. And also, as we pointed out, and we'll get into that in a minute, the real similarity between the Casey Anthony case yes. or the Andrew uh, uh, Simpson case. I am going to make a lot of probably unfair comparisons to the Casey Anthony situation in that, and this is unproven, uh, so, you know, allegedly, 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 I 100% believe that Casey Anthony killed her daughter. But if I had been a juror in that courtroom, I would have found her not guilty because the prosecutor was trash. Uh, The scent of death is not a thing, but we're going to go ahead and try and make it up. The experts were not credible. They did a bad job. Separately and apart from that, it's this movie looks at public perception and how it influences justice. Or the justice system. I shouldn't say justice, because it's not justice. The system of justice. Uh, There are infinite (laughs) cutaways to people in bars, people on the street, reading newspapers, talking to family. There are holiday dinners. It's all across social strata, from people at the country club Mm -hmm. to, you know... The pub down the road. ladies sitting on the lawn, uh, people having family dinners. There's a great scene where one woman just shouts to her arguing family, I'm not having those people ruin another, ruin another dinner for me. Right, and it seems almost like a Thanksgiving. I don't right. know that there's a, an the, analog in right. Australia. Now, these are all non-characters in this mm-hmm. movie. 
Right. These are just... It's a very interesting directorial choice. The Australian populace. Right. And I don't even know if they're credited. I, I don't think so. So, real guerrilla style. But it's a significant... I'd say it's probably 20 minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. If you put them all together, yes. Yeah. So, that's a, that's a goodly chunk of... And it's just cutaways during the action of what people are saying. Um, so, do you want to... Lead us through the plot yes. summary. Okay, so the let's, pl- let's refer to Ayers Rock as Uluru. Uluru, okay. Uh, and if we're pronouncing that wrong, I apologize. I am going to I'm going to massacre a lot of stuff. Yeah, in this but I, I do want to use the that term for it. Which is the Aboriginal term. The Aboriginal term, okay. yes. So um, there is the film starts out with and again this is based on a true story based so these on events, a true story but I'm going to review the the, the film mm-hmm. uh, um, there's a Seventh Day Adventist pastor Michael Chamberlain and his wife Lindy they have two sons and a nine nine week old daughter yeah and they're going on a vacation to in the outback to Uluru which is this enormous kind of I guess it's imagined it's very much like a Devil's Tower it's a volcanic rock. It's yeah, and it's it's almost like a mesa. It's a it's a large mm-hmm. formation in the middle yes. of the desert, which is much of what Australia is. And uh, people go there and climb pieces of it. There's a lot of photography of it, and they're camping with hundreds of other yes. tourists. Yeah, it's it's a a tourist spot, and um, the tourists all sort of congregate in one area and. Uh, Apparently, being a minister of any kind is unusual in Australia. From the, what you're given, that to is what that it film. seems like. They think he's a big weirdo. Right. Also, they're vegetarian, because which is also Adventist a weirdo. Is a is a, um, a sort of an offshoot of a millennialist religion um, that had a whole belief about the imminent return of Jesus and judgment, which evolved over time. But they also have other beliefs that are associated with it. They uh, they don't give gifts. They don't give gifts. They uh, worship on Saturdays and Saturdays Sundays. Saturdays is their Sabbath, yeah. Um, they, uh, they are really health-oriented. No cigarettes, no alcohol. And that mm-hmm. plays a part in this film because of that in this culture where there's a lot of drinking and smoking and partying, apparently in Australian culture, this is seen as really weird. Yeah. No, um, this is 1980. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we said that. No, we it's haven't said August that of 1980. So they go out, yeah, August... <laughs> Um, so they go out to to visit this rock, and as there's as the Chamberlains are there, you know, socializing with other families, Lindy goes to put her baby down, newborn baby, which she, she obviously she's gone to sleep, and yes. she's gonna sleep in a bassinet, which also served as our car seat earlier. Right. So 1980s baby safety. This is not an indictment uh, against we, the woman. Right. It's an indictment against the time, and it's a wonder that we're all alive we because do not I promise this for children. my baby self was definitely in the basket in the backseat of our Datsun at God, some point. When I was a kid, I was sitting in my sister's lap and we were both strapped in with the same seatbelt. Yep. So yeah, things like that used to happen. But you had seatbelts, so you were pretty good. <laughs> well, my, my dad worked for General Motors. So oh, he, yeah, you got, you got the uh, <laughs> upgrades early. Right, so we got seatbelts. So she... Um, during this part of the film, we see that the dingoes, because of the population around this rock, are becoming bolder and bolder. They're almost like um, those squirrels that'll come up to you when right. you're camping and stuff to take food. 
right. right off of picnic tables and people are tossing them food, which right. is just encouraging them There's to a man be there. I think he and his uh, kids are tossing food out of the back of their Volkswagen or whatever. Yeah. And, and if you don't know what a dingo is, it's um, it's not a wild dog, but it's a wild dog. It's not like a family of dogs that were released from domesticity. It's a wild canine. Oh, no, it was thought that for a long time, yeah. apparently. Um, um, yeah. But more like a coyote would be a better analog yeah. for an, an American audience. They're pretty large, though. They're about the size of a Labrador retriever. Yeah, and they're sort of um, kind of long-limbed and very fast. They're the quite, yes, they're get. fast. Uh, so also, their jaws open quite wide. We'll get to it. Ridiculously wide. So... Lindy, uh, because I always in my head mm, had that picture of a hyena or something. Right. When I heard dingo, I didn't know it looked like. Right. No. 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 It looks like a dog. Hyenas give me the chills. They're monsters. But um, yeah, dingoes. It does. It sort of looks like a, a yellow dog. You know, yeah. it's like he's and they're they're quite tall. I, they're probably mm-hmm. two and a half inches at the shoulder or really feet at the shoulder. Leggy. Yeah. I think is the other thing. But anyhow, so. Lindy, who's uh, played by Meryl Streep, the couple is played by Meryl Streep and Sam Neill. Um, she hears a cry in the night. The dark. In, in the dark. A, a cry in the dark, if you will. And she goes to check on her, her little girl, Azaria, the baby, and she sees a dingo running out of the tent. With running out of the tent. Stuff. We don't know if she sees with something in its mouth. Well, well she it's sees not... it's carrying something, but you don't see clearly what it clearly is. Clearly what it is. You can't. Right. Um, from where the bushes are between her and the tent. Mm-hmm. And the tent wasn't zipping all the way. Right. So um, she chases it away. You know, she sees it coming out and she shoos it away. And then she goes and she finds that the baby is gone. Right. And, then and there's she... blood in the tent. So she runs to get help, and uh, there's a massive surge. There's an outpouring of, of help yes. for them. Yes, she tries to run after it, but mm-hmm. she doesn't have a flashlight right. or a torch if you're in Australia. Uh, and so she, and it's they're in nature. There's no mm-hmm. street lights. Well, they're in the middle the of the assumption nowhere. that they would have, and you would have, you and I, if we were camping there. Was just there's so many damn people that nothing would come. They near wouldn't there. come this close. That wildlife no. would be give it a very wide berth. But, but because of the constant feeding in the trash cans and things like this, mm-hmm. the dingoes are running into the, running underneath. They're, they don't you know, see humans as a danger. Your picnic tables and are, people don't really see them as a danger. Right, which, and that comes yeah. very heavily into play in the rest of the film. So there's that very tragic part of the film covers. I think probably the first half hour of, or less. That's about a half an hour. Yeah. Yes, and and uh, people. Are there is a really real, genuine um, Outpouring support for, for them. them. Yeah, you know they're allowed to stay at a, um, a motel. I think. A little, yeah, in the area for free because right. obviously they're they're on vacation, so they mm. they can't stay forever. Right. But they were planning on camping, but they're not going to be out. They're not going to be out there. They but they do put up at at a hotel and they're allowed to stay for free, which good. So the the. The local police begin to form opinions about the case. Yeah, well, let's b- before I, we even go there, the right. night of, there are two separate people who say, even if this baby is found, one of them is one of the guys that he was talking to at the uh-huh. picnic, and he's like, there's no joy in this for you. Right. Which was his way of saying, this is going to be tragic whether we find the baby or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the aboriginal trackers very clearly are like, 
Right. There's no way well, that this baby yeah. is still alive. And it has to be said that they come to a realization that their baby has gone very quickly. The hotel room where they're staying is so it must have been no longer than a night later. Yeah. They're already sitting there. Uh, they have. They want the remains of their baby found uh-huh. because they want to bury it per their faith, and they want to be able to have closure. But they don't hold out hope no, that no, their baby is still alive. No, they don't seem to pass this on to the children right away. I uh, actually, but what you do see is that they they come to this realization very quickly. What seems to start turning the public against them is the idea that Lindy. She's not beating her chest and wailing at right. the death of her baby. And also, her husband, uh, even during the search, he accepts it and has a prayer with... He's like, God right. works. God does everything for a reason. Right. And we accept that, but we'd like to get our baby back so that we can put her to rest. Right. So, the law enforcement, the local law enforcement, which is uh, led by... I can't remember the... the I know the actor's name, but... Uh, Detective Graham Charlwood, which is is, is a mouthful, um, he begins to sort of build a case against them. Against them, and this they're is based sort of on, let go. Right, they're let go, but they they're allowed to go home. Right, um, and it seems like nothing's going to happen, and then something happens. <laughs> well, it's based on the forensic evidence that they're given, which says that there's. Um, that claims to be, or the examiner claims that the wounds or the tears in the baby's clothing are not indicative of being carried around by an animal. Right. So the way that um, it works in Australia, uh, which I believe is similar to the way that it works in um, Ireland and England, mm-hmm. is there's like an inquest. Right. Uh, so that's the um, the... What's the word I'm looking for? Investigation. That's the investigation. Right. And at first, the the inquest closes with, we believe Mrs. What, Miss, or that Lindy saw what she saw and that her baby was car- that the baby was carried away. And then tide starts turning. Like, but Nigos are innocent. Basically, is a big push. There's like an, an, a weird environmental push. Like, it wasn't the dingo. It was her. Um. And then the yeah articles of clothing are found, and some real shitty forensic work is really done. bad. And that's that's one of the things that you see that's a a recurring thing in this movie that reminded me of the OJ case. When they later come to trial, there's just a lot of discussion that goes completely over people's heads. Yes, yes, they the, they science it up right. very much. Meanwhile, saying the articles at the scene were not capable of doing the things that we are saying were done, mm-hmm. but we're still putting that forward as our um, statement of the case. So sh- there's a quote arterial spray found under the dashboard of the car. They put together. Um, very weird. Azaria is starts being mentioned as the is a word for human sacrifice. Yeah, there's which um, it, it is, is not. They the there's a really bizarre scene. It's 
odd for me as a religious person to see it, which is the police bursting into the of the, their home, the Chamberlains, mm-hmm. and the the kids are so unprepared for this. They're actually helping the police by pointing out things they might mm-hmm. want, and um, and two of them pick up a two of the police officers pick up a Bible and find a verse at random and just go, "What does this mean?" It's a reference to one of the more obscure and gruesome stories in the Old Testament. And they start building a case based on that. Yeah. And um, it's, Azaria, by the uh, way, means blessed of God. And I'm not so, sure if they were thinking it was Azazel, who was an evil spirit who lived in the desert they had to offer a goat to. That's in the Old Testament. And she's got these little, like, sewing shears that they say she cut mm-hmm. the baby's head now, off. Now, what's interesting, and, and as you're listening to this case, the courtroom part of it, she supposedly left the site with her husband, the other kids, and this other family that they've been yeah. with basically the whole night. The whole night, yeah. Goes to her car, takes the baby to the car, uh, cuts its throat, Changes her clothes. Changes her clothes, right. Cuts the baby's throat and then cuts the baby's head off. Mm-hmm. And then... Dis- changes her pants. Changes... Well, no. Then... Then disposes of the baby in a camera bag. Then changes right. her pants, and then brings get, grabs some baked beans because her son is hungry. Right, like so it's all in like a five in minute period. Ten minutes. She said it was a ten minute period where she was supposed to have done all of this. Oh, I thought it was five. Yeah, okay, but, but it still, was mm. absolutely ridiculous. Like given the distances when you're watching the film, how far away the car was from where they and were. And then they're like, "Is this the ni- the pair of scissors?" Mm. Yes. Could the pair of scissors have made the cuts in the fabric that we see? Well, not these scissors. Mm-hmm. Could the pair of scissors that you're claiming are the murder weapon, which don't mm-hmm. have any blood on them, so that's pretty right. magical. Also, could they have cut through the flesh? Mm-hmm. Well, no, we tried it, but the scissors broke under the strain. But bigger scissors could do it. Well, that's great. There were no bigger scissors. Right. What the fuck? And then they're like, but then... She left this pair of scissors, this meant like, because she sews, right? That's mm-hmm. like one of the things that she does. It's what she ends up doing in prison. Spoiler alert. Um, in the car for a year. Right. Because a year has gone by before they reopen another inquest and mm-hmm. then finally charge her. Right. And we should mention that because it sounds like we're truncating it. There was one inquest where they were, um, and the judge in that case, very much in favor of the Chamberlain saying there's not really like what the motivation is for this crime. I, it doesn't yeah, there's make any no, sense. It's, it's, right. it's clear that public opinion mm-hmm. and uh, circumstantial evidence at best right. are what we're talking about. And it is clear that the Chamberlains are, are, the, are innocent of this crime. And the police have constructed this very strange, you know. And that's before the second set right. of even. More bizarre claims, right? But the first out. one was basically based on the ignorance of the police to what the Seventh Day Adventists are. Also, there was um, we talked earlier about the the sort of health nut kind of not I'm sorry health nut uh, kind of aspect of Seventh Day yes. Adventists. That one of the things that um, and we when when the, when he mm-hmm. does it okay yeah one of the things he does is he he's getting his parishioners to quit smoking right and the way that he does that is by like really touting the fact that it's poisoning right. you. And he has them throw their cigarettes into a, this little coffin. Right. And it's a, it's an effective presentation. And when they were doing it, they showed it. Right. I was like, hey, that's pretty good. Now, later on, it becomes 
one of the pieces of evidence from... What's this little coffin that you have? What's this coffin? What are you doing? What are these strange things? What are these verses in this strange book? What do you call it? A Bible. So it, it, to me, it yeah. just struck me as really bizarre that there's a culture that didn't know what a Bible, how a Bible worked. Of course, we, we have that in the Republican Party. But the point is that... So they get acquitted that time. There's, there's obviously no need to pursue that. And the film goes into them living their lives. And then there's this second... Because the police won't give this up. This is a black eye for them. It yes. makes them look very foolish. So they keep pursuing it. They find new evidence and they try it a second time. Mm-hmm. And this time the convictions are successful. And part of it is based on uh, Lindy's demeanor. Well, yeah, okay. So Lindy and Michael have decided to try and have another child. Right, because the children are pushing for another child. Though. They are. They yeah, want. They, are. they wanted a baby sister. They haven't mm-hmm. had a baby sister. They want a baby sister. They And... Lindy is pragmatic in that if she goes to jail, there's... In Australia, apparently, if you're found guilty of murder, the sentence is life of hard labor, Mm -hmm. period. There's no... That's it. (laughs) That's what you're going to get. And you'll be able to appeal, but that is your sentence. Um, So she's like, well, I'm not going to be able to have one on the other side. So if I get pregnant now... I won't be showing at the time of the right. uh, court hearing, and either you'll be able to raise the baby or we'll have the baby, to, you know, we'll raise the baby together. So she gets pregnant, and then they push the trial. So she is seven months pregnant, seven to eight months pregnant during this trial, and Michael is not a good partner. He's losing his mind. I think he loses his faith and it unravels him. He, he, I think that's a little harsh on him, really. I, not that he's being a bad partner. I think the thing is that it's she is better able or better equipped for some reason to fend off what's going on. And I think his responsibility is that very much like an evangelical family, which is what they are, he's the, the priest of the home is what it's considered. So when he takes his blow to his faith, he just caves. He can't. He caves. And he's unable to even, when he's on the witness stand, to even speak coherently. He can't tell what she uh-huh. said. He can't. It makes it look like he's hiding something. Right. And he's incoherent. Mm-hmm. He's babbling to himself like right. on the regular. And, um, and people, um, this is, uh, we should point that out too, the way the film presented, this is the night after somebody left a doll with a severed oh, head yeah. covered in blood, fake blood, I guess. On their doorstep. It's really And heinous. this is also a few days after he had to, in court, because there's a lot of argument about what a dingo can and what a can, dingo can't dingo do. Dingo can and can't do, right. And Will, so, can a ba- because the, mm-hmm. the, the scientific argument is the dingo would have gone, there's a, there's a lot of blood around the neck of the dressing gown. Again, this is what the spoiler, I mean, not the spoiler, this is what this the is trigger what the warning, was. warning is about. Um, and then, and the dress, the, the little onesie that it was mm. in, the baby was in, is almost, like it had one button undone, but it is un- otherwise whole. Yes. And so we are treated to videos of dingoes peeling animals out right. of, they do it out of the skin. If you have a baby that is in the item of clothes, what would come off is that outer layer of clothes, yeah. basically whole. And then the dingo would grab the baby by the head, shake it as to 
break mm-hmm. the neck like you do with a rabbit. Right. I mean, that's um, sort of the mm-hmm. the equivalent because it doesn't know what this is. It's right. just a small thing. It's something to kill and that eat. I want to eat. Um, and then there's a lot of, can a dingo fit a baby's head in its mouth? Right. And y'all, a dingo can fit a baby's what head in its I mouth. I have the impression when I'm watching this and some of the films that they present here, is that a dingo is, uh, it's almost like it unhinges its jaw like a snake or something. There's it has some a kind very of big uh, weird mechanism by head. which it fits a very large object. And you see that during the scenes where we're cutting away to see uh, the effect on the public, like mm-hmm. the public opinion, there's actually a group of fools who are carrying around a bucket that's the baby's weight in their teeth, saying, do you think a dingo could carry this? Not understanding, of course, that you're a human being and not a dingo, yeah. and you're carrying a the bucket. The jaws right? of predator animals are explicitly made to be able to do things right. like this. And the aboriginal trackers are like, I've seen them carry 20-pound rabbits. So, right. yeah, they can. Oh, no, kangaroos. Okay, a 20-pound rabbit is terrifying. No, God, God <laughs> save us all. That thing would kill us. Um, but hares can be 20 pounds. Is hair 20 pounds? Sure. I, I'm I making know. it up. <laughs> just, <this> is, <laughs> don't the, know, but it sounded Night of the Leapers, the horror movie where people are attacked by giant rabbits. It but this silly. baby was 10 pounds Terrifying-ish. Yeah. So, um, but that comes into question a lot. So he falls apart just because of this. There's a really... There's some graphic videos that are right. being shown in the courtroom and he, and he just can't. walks out. Um, there's, and the, the judge, in this case... Uh, Chief Justice um, Muirhead. <laughs> also people. seems to be uh, like, mm-hmm. this is bullshit, but can't... He can't stop it, no. It's actually gone that. beyond an inquest into a full trial. Into a full trial. There's a so, jury trial. Mm-hmm. A jury is impaneled during this time. And um, they're also out of their... Like, they're in a separate place. They're not where it happened. Mm-hmm. And they're not in their home town because... They kept having to get different venues because public opinion was so heated on the subject and there was so much media around it. Um, and But the judge, like, when he is giving the jury instructions, is like, also, like, take into account how people behave. And would you, you know, keep... A, if your wife killed your baby, would you keep the murder weapon in your car for a year? Right. Like, there's nothing... Just think about that. And she brings out that point, Lindy does, which is, I've committed the perfect crime and then just left all the evidence for you to find. Right. This doesn't make any sense. And the the techniques that it doesn't, there must be a nice way of putting this, it does not give you a great deal of faith in either the judicial system in Australia or the police force, because the police force makes absolutely idiotic moves in here. Right. And the and forensic, doc, uh, the forensic uh, I guess, pathologist, is that? Yes. The forensics experts were... absurd. And I don't know if it... In the, in the appeals later, mm-hmm. some of the things that they appeal are like, the reagent... Okay, there's a woman who stands there and says, we found fetal blood mm-hmm. belonging to a baby under three months old. That's not a thing. That's not a thing now, and it mm-hmm. certainly wasn't a thing in 1980. Right. And then they find out that the reagent used to detect blood by the manufacturer of that reagent mm-hmm. says, that's not what this does. Right. It doesn't detect and blood. apparently blood and rust are, undete- are inseparable, yes. or at least uh, indistinguishable, using yeah. this reagent. And when she's confronted with that, 
and then wants to, for a second testing for the things that had uh, the artifacts, or rather the results of the test, they've been destroyed. They've been destroyed. Everything had been destroyed. That was the standard practice of the lab. And we cut later to her admitting that she felt that Lindy was a witch who was yeah. trying it's to like be with she's her. She's just staring at me right. while I'm talking. And I'm like, bitch, you're lying about how she killed her baby. I'd be fucking staring at you too. Like, what? Right. It was. It, it's so. It goes on, and and to 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 make the, the longer story short, mm-hmm. they they lose this uh, case. They're convicted. she's found guilty, and so uh, Lindy goes to prison. Yes, hard labor. And hard, the hard labor that she goes, uh, she mm-hmm. does, is uh, sewing. Which, right. You know, but she's because sewing. she's pregnant. Yeah. She, well, she sews afterwards. Too. Right. And they allow her to. But allow, that's her skill. So right. they, you know, they they allow. She gives Michael birth, and Michael is there, visit, which I right. thought was very good. And they let her hold the baby for an hour, but that was mm. it. And well, oddly enough, Michael is also convicted, but he um, he gets eighteen months for accessory, uh-huh. but it is a suspended sentence so that he can be with his children who right. don't have a mother now. Because the obviously he wouldn't have been even able to commit the crime according to their weird reconstruction of events. Right, because he was... Because he was... With an eye shot. Trying to convert this other family the whole night. Which, they believe the witnesses that he was with them, but they don't believe that one of the witnesses heard the baby's cut-off cry, which was one of the early pieces of... We also should say that Lindy kind of falls apart when she's investigated, too. Because she starts losing her bearings about whether or not she saw the, the, the baby being carried or whether or not. Right. And then she goes on to say, I believe I saw the baby carried. So that doesn't help. And yeah, either. she says, I believe that that's mm. the truth, but, but you don't. In the like, face of all of the evidence and a really nasty prosecutor. Yeah, the, prosec- yeah, the prosecutor closing, in closing right. cracks a goddamn joke. And right. I'm just like, that's disgusting. About because a baby being murdered. fundamentally, uh-huh. a baby is dead. Right. If it was an act of God or nature, uh-huh. or if this woman murdered her baby, neither of those is a fucking joking thing. Like, matter. Are no, you serious right now? It was. So it's, uh, it's made me just mark Australia off the number of places I want to visit, like Korea. After well, it's seeing, it's very dangerous in Australia. Australia, everything is pointy and everything poisonous. is trying to kill you. Why would you want to go there? But Leon lives there, and I want to meet him. Okay. <laughs> He's from Yagaday. It's a very good podcast. You should listen to it. Well, yes. I'll listen to the podcast and avoid Australia entirely. Um, but, uh, although this is very much... Oh, like, also Tim. I like Tim, too. <laughs> I feel bad now. It's Leon and Tim. <laughs> both of them. But it reminds me very much of, um, also, of, uh, what was the, the case in Italy recently? With the, Oh, yes. The, I don't remember her name. And these are... it. it, it strikes me that all cases of this kind of weird, overwhelming magnitude of innocent people in these uh, Kafkaesque situations where it's just up, they're up yeah. against it, uh, that there's a lot of similarities between the way that prosecutors act, the sort of public outcry. It's all very yeah, similar. And everybody, everybody has an opinion. Everyone has an opinion for, for absolutely no reason uh, most of the time. So... Anyhow, so uh, the story so goes on. One one of the main uh-huh. reasons that she's found guilty is there's no saliva. There's no saliva on the baby's onesie mm-hmm. that they have. Now, repeatedly, there's talk of a 
I don't know what a matinee, a matinee jacket, jacket is, is, but it's this little... Um, uh, so the baby was also in a jacket it's over this. It's a jacket this. you wear during your afternoon movie. That's right. Um, or theater experience, right. uh, which was not found with the baby. And if... And they're claiming that it didn't exist, that this is a complete fabrication. Right. Um, and there's no picture of the baby, you know, three seconds before it got taken. Mm-hmm. So they can't prove that, that she was wearing that. Um, but that is the the uh, why there would be no saliva. The saliva would be on the jacket, and if you don't have the jacket, nothing underneath it would mm-hmm. have saliva on it. And so, what, five years later? Three years later. Is it three years later? Yeah. Five, three years after she's convicted, right, but, fi- after... but five years after the... And so 1985... There's a hiker that's fallen off of Uluru. Yeah, it's really bizarre because apparently uh, it's a weird. There's faces to this rock. Okay. Yeah, and there's like ropes that you can like hold on to to scale it. Mm-hmm. But it's very steep. It also seems like maybe something we shouldn't be just prancing around on. But right. I, I don't. It, yeah, it seems to me. But they um, find a hiker who has been mm-hmm. ravaged. Post death by dingoes. By dingoes. And what, 150 yards from that body, they see fabric in the ground and they pull up this little baby jacket. Matinee jacket. And at that point, Lindy is released. They say she was going to be released anyways um, for compassion. Mm-hmm. But I think they also did not want science to tell them that they had been wrong. I think they wanted to get out ahead of it a little bit and be like, we're going to let her out. She's done some time. Her kids need a, you know, (laughs) need a mom. Right. I'm like, well, if you're afraid her, she's a child killer, do you really want to send her home to her children? Because they know she's not a child killer. She's not. Of course not. Yeah. Um, And uh, so then we get some title cards uh, so then she's she's released and she goes home and her mm-hmm. daughter is skeptical, but her daughter hasn't they'll seen mend her. it. No, she's seen right. her through um, through the gates. Well, and she even uses the phrase "real mummy." Like, yes, is this real mummy? Because right. she said she, you know, she goes home and she says, "Oh, you're wearing a, your your dress is beautiful," and she's and the daughter says, "Mummy made it in jail." And I'm like, oh, that's sad because she does not know she's talking to her mom. Right. <laughs> like, um, and then we get a title card. Now, this movie was released in November of 1988. Mm-hmm. In September of 1988, uh, she was all the charges were dropped. Right. And then. Well, we and so we get a title card saying that that she's her name's been cleared. So this was right on the heels of the case. It was mm-hmm. almost taking advantage of all the publicity around the case. Almost, probably. yeah. I mean, the book came out was, in 1985. Okay, was she in prison at the time? Um, was I it don't sort of like know. A, I don't know. An attempt or an appeal to get her out of prison? I wonder. It, oh, maybe. Yeah, it's entirely possible. In 2012. Mm-hmm. The um, like the head medical examiner of Australia found baby Azaria's death to be dingo. Right. So not just you're not guilty, mm-hmm. but like you're innocent. And there's a really good quote at the very end. Um, 
about innocence. Uh, well, Michael Chamberlain says that he wants to tell people about how important innocence is to innocent people. Innocent people. Um, and he does regain his faith. He becomes a, a, a pastor again. Yes. He's, his wife is working They end up saying to go, I really thought that they were going to get a divorce a quick. This, this film... They, end up, they do right. end up getting divorced eventually in 1980, 1991. Uh-huh. Um, and she remarries at that point. Oh, that's a pity. I was hoping to... But I think that you can't... It's, it does a lot of strain on a right. relationship. Um, and... I mean, I think... Probably now there's less strain because the dingo was given responsibility. Mm-hmm. But there are there is a scene in there where she's like, because he, he's talking about how they should have zipped up the they should have fixed the zipper right. they should have zipped it up they should and she's like you mean I should have zipped it up you think it's my fault just say it right because even if an animal did this he has blame in his heart for yeah. the actions of his wife and he also has guilt because. He acknowledges, and and this is true, I think, of many dads mm-hmm. around the world, whether they want to be part of their baby's lives or not, that first 10 weeks, there's not a lot for dad to do. Mm. Like, you can't, maybe you can do some feeding, but if the child is nursing heavily, well, this, and he's like, I never really took time with her. I never got to know. I I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't really checked in to this child, and now this child is gone. Right. So, yeah, but, see, I felt like to me there was two things that were horrible. I mean, two things that were mm. horrible. There were two things that struck me as out of all the horror of this story. The first of which is the fact that the everyone had an opinion, and again, it was like nobody's business. Once there, this is a person's tragedy. Mm-hmm. And why people should be having arguments, there's a, again, these cutaways are really well done. Yes. This, this is a friendship piece. Like, I really think if they do a Casey Anthony uh-huh. movie, they should follow this format. Right. Friendship Easy is a very famous Australian director who came out of Australia with a lot of, you know, chanted Jimmy Blacksmith, a lot of films on local history, on, um, I, I think, the, the, uh, the life of Aborigine characters, things like that. And he went on to do mainstream movies like Russia House and things. Iceman is another film that he did that I really like. I don't know any movie. of these movies. So. But he does a really good job with drama between characters. And here he not only captures the relationship between these two, and Sam Neill and, Lim- and uh, Meryl, Streep. Meryl Streep are really great. And they had just worked with this director in another movie called Plenty. Plenty. Um, but the fact that instead of just focusing on these characters, he pulls back to show this kind of panorama it's, of Australian life. It's, it's a condemnation mm-hmm. of uh, gossip. Right. But I it's think. also, like as I said, it's very Australian in that he's showing their way of life, their social strata, yeah. how it crosses them, yeah. what their beliefs are. There's a scene that we didn't discuss very briefly where the first victims in a social way Outside of the Chamberlains are the police going to shoot all the dogs for the Aborigines? Yeah, they they and they don't want to. And actually, they bring Lindy because mm-hmm. yes, they say we don't want to put any animals down. We don't right. have to. And she's like, if these are dogs, right? This I is didn't. Not this, what I, saw. I didn't see a dog. I saw a dingo. Um, 
And like and yeah, that's the other thing that was interesting is mm-hmm. there are shots of the Aboriginal people. Mm-hmm. There are almost no lines given to them. Yeah, there's very and few. And there's sort of just there's a lot of images of them sort of looking side eye mm-hmm. at the entire situation. Yeah. Um, as they're being well, because they're the only the the Aboriginal character. The first track that they bring out first mm-hmm. at, at the rock is the first person to acknowledge the baby's dead. The dingo got them. You know, yeah. he says it, and he says it, you know. And not, you know, uh-huh. who knows if a dingo can take a baby? An Aborigine. Yeah. And there's later on a mention during one of the trials, I forget which one it was, the inquest or the actual trial, where someone brings up, well, how come no one's consulted any of the Aborigines who are out there or any Aborigine at all? There's just this parade of pink faces. Well, because white people know best. As, well, yeah, obviously. And that's the other thing that comes out in this movie Deferring to experts gets you nowhere because there's so yeah. many people who claim an expertise in the area that they have no idea what they're talking about. And they about. brought one of the experts they brought in mm. had literally just been found to be completely wrong mm. on a case that imprisoned three people in London. Right. Like, and we're relying on this guy? And yes. And we don't have anybody else who any, can do it? You, you would think that you would consult a, a forensic expert, would consult a zoologist or something to try to find out the capacity of a dingo. Why is this being argued for days and days and days? And the forensic evidence, if I remember correctly, takes place over a five-day period of time. Yeah. Where it's just this and then there And you see of, these people out in the world, like, trying to pronounce these words. Right. There's also, there's a room in the courthouse, there's like a closed-circuit TV set up for yeah. the reporters to all be in another space, and they're in... They're trying to spell these words. Right. They're trying to pronounce these words. They're taking bets and over-unders on yeah. the due date for Lindy's baby. Right. It's like yeah, it's real ridiculous. gross. It, the, the, the press is condemned. They're, they absolutely, uh, that's why I'm kind of sad to hear about the divorce, because they absolutely shattered this family. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, again, Although, I mean, in retrospect, Although, to be fair... Even the if they had, it had been closed mm-hmm. after the very first inquest, right. the loss of a child mm-hmm. is a thing that many, 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 many right. people don't get past. Now, I'm talking about from 1950 on. Mm-hmm. In 1850, you have 19 children, so seven of them survive. Right. But in modern times, the loss of a child and... Even if it's an accident, there's gonna be blame, and that's gonna fester. And and you see the beginnings of that in this film mm-hmm. too. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, there's a that yeah, it's there's a scene in this film that I felt was really sad too, which is watching Michael lose his faith. But it the way that it's done is he looks like a man who is literally losing his mind. Right. He and starts getting shaky. He can't talk. But he's like curled up in the fetal the position scene that I'm and dead. I'm thinking of is the one with the helicopters where they don't have a moment's peace because there are helicopters mm. flying over them recording their every move. Mm-hmm. And it almost is like there's some sort there of There are like four news helicopters right. right above them. And I'm just like, you guys got to get a and drone and throw it at up them. There. What yeah. do you want? Why are you doing this to us? And it's and he's not voice. shouting at the helicopters. Right. He's shouting at God. And the voice, his voice is getting drowned out by all yeah. the news. Tra- it's a really effective scene. There's some really great directorial choices in this film. The other great choice is, uh-huh. is Meryl Streep. I mean, right. she's Meryl Streep, right? First of all, her accent, flawless. 
Second of all, this is a woman who, because of her unwillingness to be what people wanted her Mm -hmm. and emote and act the way people wanted her to, people disliked her because they couldn't see what she was thinking. They thought she was cold. um, And they thought she was guilty. Right. And Meryl Streep embodies that. So that as you're watching it, you're like, don't you want to cry? Like, don't you want to fight? Don't you want to say something? Don't you? And she doesn't do it. But she's extraordinarily contained. And she sort of embodies that uh, characteristic of the actual woman right. who I assume she, excuse me, and I assume she met. Um, so that when you're watching it, you're kind of like, like, we saw what happened. They show at the beginning an animal coming out. We don't yeah. see clearly, but we see where she was, and then we see that there's no baby where she last left it. There is no point in this movie where it makes her look anything but innocent. And yet, while we're watching it, it's like, she's acting a little guilty, no? Well, <laughs> But she isn't. Apparently, in his review, Roger Ebert felt that that ultimately made it difficult to approach her. And I felt that was kind of unfair because I understand that people are going to grieve in different ways. Mm -hmm. No, of course. And so... And I'm sorry, I'm going to say that a faithful, uh, a strong, strongly faithful woman uh in a climate as harsh as Australia is, living conditions-wise... Is gonna be calloused. Well, like the, essentially, she's a, gonna be tough. She it's has a frontier to be. culture, right. very much like the old West was here, where people lost children like and just moved soft, on. If she was soft, right, she would die. Because if you're soft in Australia, mm-hmm. all of the pointy, poisonous things find you and right. kill you. <laughs> Can't even swim. There's like big sharks. No, that fly no the swimming. Like, what, what, what? Poisonous. Anyhow, so. Um, in retrospect, what did you feel about the movie? I mean, what the was movie's your... spectacular. Uh-huh. I mean, it's hard to watch. But uh, it's reminding me of the Chamberlain where again. It's like this is a great movie. Yeah. I can't recommend it to anybody. It's horrible. No, I do think people should watch it. Now, this is in the Meryl Streep trifecta that I have not seen, uh-huh. and those three movies are this, Sophie's Choice, and Silkwood. Mm-hmm. These are extraordinarily heavy dramatic films for which Meryl Streep was nominated or won an Oscar. Um, and I'd never seen any of them. So right. one down, two to go. Mm, be a hell of a triple feature. I'm pretty I, yeah, sure I'd die I, at the yeah, end. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That, that's the kind of movie that makes you change your name and, and uh, take up holy orders or something and live in isolation. This movie, I, I liked it. Like I said, I liked the directorial choices. I liked the director, the fact that they got a very Australian director. Like, it's not like, oh, what do you want to watch? Oh, let's mm. watch Cry in the Dark. Right. Like, I'm not going to pop it in on a Saturday night, but, but it's very good. Yes. <sighs> I appreciated the fact, because you were mentioning earlier about Australian actors, there's a lot of them in here. There's a lot of... Um, there is, and I thought it was weird that the main character wasn't played by an Australian woman, and I was like, Tony Collette's, and then I looked up her age, and I was like, she was a child. She was 14 when this movie was made, so maybe not. But Never mind, was, I understand. It was fun watching, as a person who, you know, older cinephile, watching Nick Tate, I told you that when he came on, I was like, Nick Tate, because... Uh, yeah. 
back in the 70s. A lot of good faces right. in this movie. Weathered it's faces. shot very beautifully. Yeah. But uh, Nick Tate was the, when I was a kid watching Space 1999, you know, Martin Landau was a lead. He's a middle-aged man, essentially. So Nick Tate was the young action hero that they got in to do all the action scenes. He'd actually been, I think, like a Navy commando or something in Australia. So it was great seeing him again going, okay, there's Nick Tate. <laughs> I was expecting him to karate chop somebody. It didn't happen. But, um, and Charles Tingwell, all these other character actors that were Australian who never got to play Australian in older movies. Um, they were always playing Englishmen or Americans or something. And it was fun watching them. We have Sam Neill playing a man who was born in Australia, or born mm-hmm. in New Zealand, as he was. Right. So he was, was he, was he using his normal voice, do you think? I, I don't know. The accents, the, the Kiwi accent and the Australian accent are too similar to me, to my untrained ear, to be able to, to tell To be able apart. to really tell the oh, difference. Oh, by the way, Australian fashion in 1980. <laughs> Oof, you guys. So many socks just pulled up to the knees with short shorts. It's... It's a look. I mean, granted, very... they're out in the, in the, in the desert where mm. there are sharp, pointy things that are poisonous. So yeah, socks. And also, it's a thousand degrees. So yeah, shorts. I get it. It's utilitarian. It's hard to look at. Yeah, some of her her hairdos. Yeah. Lindy's hairdos. The wigs in this movie. They're hard to look Again, I understand that you can't, if a person has a This is her hair. This is what her hair looks like. Right, what her hair looks like. Um, I understand that if you did anything differently... It would really distract from the story. Going, that's not what she looked like because people remember. But um, man, yeah, it's just it, it, and the the weirdness of the culture. You know, at one point there's a discussion over what you named your baby. Oh, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that name means. I just liked it. You know, the when they're asking why the baby's name is Aria. Um, there's just a lot of it's strange the thoughts that. There's a one of the arguments is between a man who wants to defend the beauty of the dingo. Yeah. And yes. And a lot of young ladies wearing shirts say say D- the dingo is innocent. You're trash. I, I just I why don't, do you why do people care about was animals just and people? Strange, but it reminded me a lot of living through the OJ trial. And how I was working in uh, one of the local public schools across the street from where we live now. And there was a teacher who actually had the kids work silently in the classroom while she had her radio on listening to the trial. And yeah. so these kids knew all about, I mean, these are, uh, you know, fifth graders. And they knew all about sidebars and forensic evidence because they're <laughs> listening to it while she's listening to it in the classroom. And when he was declared innocent, she went running from classroom to classroom yelling, he's innocent, he's innocent. <laughs> I'm like, uh, he's been found not guilty. Right. I, I, Those are different things. But it was just odd, like, where am I working? This is a public school. But that was a level of of public scrutiny. I remember the Tonight Show, Jay Leno started making jokes about having an OJ-free monologue, and the audience would applaud, because it was just, it became the daily joke every night, you know, or nightly joke, about what happened at the OJ trial today. So this seemed to me to be something similar. It just sort of spur, uh, uh, pushed on this weird wave of public response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I was glad that there was no Nancy Grace type figure. So that's oh my God. a blessing, probably. Um, 
But yeah, no, I think it's very good. Yeah, Nancy Grace, you had to bring her up. She was, you know, Meryl Streep was, like I said, fantastic. Sam Neill had beautiful flowing hairs. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was it. We did it. We did it. So other than watching children being carried off by wild dogs uh, or wild beasts. I don't have a recommendation, so don't even ask me. Well, I have a recommendation. Cool. Okay. <laughs> and it's actually, it, it's only for people who, uh, it's for a, a, a... I mean, my recommendation is your recommendation, but we recommend it to a narrow band. Um, yes. Okay, so <laughs> how do I even approach this? Uh, hey, have you ever wanted to watch a witch movie about dancers? It's violent. Do you like the original Suspiria, but wish it had a plot? Do you want to spend two and a half hours watching Dakota Johnson? If so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just a little background. Also, Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton, and, Tilda Swinton. and a special cameo, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> so in 1977, Dario Argento, who'd formerly been a film critic, um, wrote or directed a film called Suspiria, which was about a young American girl going to a dance academy in Europe and finding out that it's actually the home to a coven of witches who worship a very powerful witch, one of three great evil witches. Now, since I've seen this movie, uh, I couldn't have summed that up because the movie has no narrative thread. Right, now... At all. It's his, like a fever dream. His idea was to make a fever dream. It's shot in really brilliant colors. It's bizarre. Things happen for absolutely no reason. There's a room that is lower than the whole rest of the place... That when you open the door and step into the dark, you fall into a pit of razor wire. Because that's the thing because that we all have. Because they have dance academies. They have rooms full of razor wire. That's just the way that Fucking it works. toughen up, ladies. So it's a bizarre <laughs> film, and it's very surreal. And yes, it doesn't really have a, cohes- a coherent narrative thread. You draw the story out from it, but what I just mentioned, those three or four lines describing the movie, is about as much plot as the entire first film. Now, a director now has done a remake of the film, which is m- more like a reimagining. Yes. And he's contributed all the things that were missing from that first movie. Because, again, Suspiria doesn't appeal to everyone because it is just so strange. Yeah, I'd never watch it again. Yeah. I, so I was like, I've seen all the shocking mm-hmm. imagery, and it made no sense and hurt my brain, so why would I no, as a purely as it? a piece of... of Art cinema, yes. It's it's horrifying and it stays with you. But once again, not a thing. I'm just going right. to pop in on a Saturday not night. Not necessarily, because it is really... I want to make that clear to people who are like, let's see it on the recommendation. It's terrifying and really violent. So this remake is a much longer film. And it tells the exact same story about a young woman going into a dance academy. This time it's modern dance rather than ballet. Um, which makes sense, given the age of the dancers. And it tells her story about the same thing, a covenant of witches. And it really was brilliantly done. It was everything the other film lacked. And still at the same time pays a sort of homage to it. Yes. It is really there graphic. Are there are moments you don't... Four scenes uh, of intense graphic violence. Right. In a two and a half hour film. Now, also I want to point out, here's the difference between Argento Suspiria and the, I forget the director of the modern one, I can't pronounce his name. Lucio something Italian. (laughs) Guadagino, I think. Oh, no, don't do that. Guadagino, I think it's it. Um, The difference is... Guadagino. 
Guadagnino, Guadagnino is Nino Guadagnino. he's directing a film for the Me Too age, and that's evident. He directed Call Me by Your Name, right. so this is different. So this film is very much whereas the other movie, again, was very light on plot and more on sort of incident. This movie is very big on the relationships of these women to each other, and even the notion of of witches is drawn into this sort of very female environment. Um, it passes the Bechdel test. Well, yeah, oh, characters. We're talking about characters, right. but it, yes. It would not pass the reverse Bechdel test is something that I've heard of. Um, yeah, no, it, I don't think there are two There are not two men. scenes about men talking about men at all in this film. Oh, the only men in the movie, the only... It's not a spoiler, because they were releasing images and stuff. Mm. The main male character in this movie is played by Tilda Swinton. Yes. The only other men in this movie that have a name are the two police officers. Right. And that's it. And they're all together in what amounts to less than five minutes of this film. But you do see one of their dicks. Yes, because the witches are mocking it and making fun of it, which is this... Yeah, it's it's a very... You also see Tilda Swinton's dick, so <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how that conversation went. You know, that... I don't think there was a conversation. You're going to be naked in this scene. Which character am I? Great. <laughs> She's three characters in that scene, so I don't know how, how they... No conversation. But this film is remarkable. It's very deliberately paced. The scenes of violence are intense enough to where, in the theater where we went, two people walked up and got up and left. Got up and left, yeah. Um, there's also something neat that I noticed in the theater, what people were expecting from this film and what, in effect, by the end of it they'd gotten, was because the first one was so horrific, there was this weird moment where the people in the theater kind of sat in a clump. I hadn't seen that before. When you have a generally more open space in a the theater, they'll space themselves out. But it seemed like I didn't people, even notice. People kind of clumped together. I didn't notice. Center. I just noticed because we sat in the front row right. and it was still available when we got in there. Yeah. And we were almost the last people in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did not notice the, you, 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 the shape of the right. crowd. It was funny how they were just sort of together, like we're huddling in the dark. This might be terrible or terrifying. But yeah, it was really a very good movie and the performances are exceptional. I'm really appreciating... Dakota Johnson. She's yes, very good more, cause when we just she's saw her not in... in a, um, we just saw her in um, El Royale, um, right. Bad Night at the El Royale. Bad Times? Bad Times it? at the El Royale. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was really good in that film, and she's actually really good in this one, so I would recommend it, but again, caution to it. This film is going to be really disturbing and violent, but it's probably the best example. If Hereditary is a good example of... Family horror? Family is a horror, or sort of the Haunting of Hill House also yeah. is about the same thing. This is like regaining a lost kind of femininity. It's not the woman is evil hag, necessarily, no. although there's one of those in this movie. I will also say, though, to w- the dancing in this movie oh, is beautiful yes. to watch, and there's a lot of it. This might have the most dancing of any... You were saying Black Swan might have more dancing, and it Maybe. might... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, once again, this is also, if they've switched it from ballet, which is what right, the original well, was, to a part. modern dance. Um, yeah. Which And and it's set in 1977 um, Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's an interesting cultural east-west 
the the wall is right across from the dance academy. Also, remember, this was the period of time when Nazis were being hunted down in the streets and yes. people who were um, sympathizers. So there's that background of the sympathizers being pulled off the street. There's mm-hmm. people who are still part of the Nazi or the SS that are roaming around trying to hide their identities. There are people whose families are divided by the Holocaust. All there was a lot of that still going on. Yes, and that's reflected in this film. Yes, um, mostly because the witches. Uh, the three witches who are incredibly powerful. These are, you know... The three mothers right. of darkness, tears, of tears, and of size. Size. Um, which, Suspirium yeah. is size. Suspiriorum, tenebrum, and lacrum. I don't know. My, my Latin isn't as sharp as it used to be. Berg. But, yes, I recommend the movie, but again, be careful. If this is not your cup yeah. of tea, then don't drink it. Yeah, there's a the first scene of violence is spectacular in its originality mm-hmm. and its brutality. Right. So, which I think is true of a lot of Argento stuff. So, yeah. um, I don't think this is a thing Argento would have done, but it feels right. I don't think he had the technology to do it necessarily at the no, time. No, but it's also not bloody. Right. And Argento, and Argento really wanted way. as much red on the screen as humanly possible. <laughs> right. And I mean, like, everybody bled three times as much blood as in the human oh, body. There's, there's, <laughs> movie, there's scenes in that film where the walls are just red. Yes, know? yes. He, that's his favorite color. He's super saturated he colors of blue it. and there were walls that were designed to look like bruised flesh. They were all purple. It was, it was an amazing film, but again... This is a film that for a But if you want a plot, right. If you just want to revisit your childhood nightmares, watch the other one. But but really, I have to recommend the new one. I wasn't expecting to like it this much. And it really is did. also a person like uh, another thing that um some people don't like, and I think um mild spoiler for hereditary, people were disliking hereditary for this, is if you don't like supernatural horror Mm-hmm. You're not going to enjoy this because it is very much supernatural horror, right? Um, which is demons. These sorts of things mm-hmm. are real in this world, and are not and should be taken seriously as such. They're not there for jokes mm-hmm. or as explanations for people's bad behavior. Yeah. This is a occult and occult story, right? Um, which a lot of people just don't like. They want you know a man serial killer or, you know, whatever it is. Which is is funny because we've discussed that. That never frightens me. I know, know. I know. But a a lot of people think uh, it's silly, think Mm -hmm. that that supernatural stuff is silly. So if that is you, Uh um, then this is probably not not going to be for you. you. You're going to find it ridiculous. But if you can buy into it... I I don't know. I still think if you're willing to, if that's your point of view and you have a willing suspension of disbelief... Yeah, if you're willing to suspend disbelief. But a lot of people, they get into that occult... Um, mm-hmm. anything that feels like a cult and they immediately turn on their this-is-all-bullshit mm-hmm. radar right. and it leads to a diminishment in... Um, enjoyment of a film. Enjoyment, and it tends to lead to some just real angry IMDb reviews, you know what I'm saying? Like, just stay out of the comments, y'all. Right. <laughs> so, um, but I will warn people for that because I think that some people liked Hereditary up until a point, mm-hmm. and then they were like, oh, no, we're really doing this? 
no, I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to go with you on this trip. I'm going to get out of the car. I don't know. That's and kind then of, point and mock that's from kind of surprising here. because the whole film was it it was leading up to this from the beginning. I, I understand that, and but some just, people yeah. need that to be maybe a red herring uh-huh. or a MacGuffin. And if you have any truth inside your movie of the occult, mm-hmm. they will just check the fuck out. Wow, that's amazing. So. Uh, yeah, no, I know people like that. And I'm just like, cool, we won't watch these movies. That's fine. And I think there was a person in our showing of this movie that had that. Yes, he was very odd because he seemed to be, first of all, he was. Uh, we, we had a talker. We had a talker. He was sitting there talker. criticizing the dance And movies. I don't mind a talker in uh-huh. some things. Right. And I'm going to get racial here. Mm-hmm. Give me a fun black audience in a horror movie, please. Right. I'm all about it. I won't, well, see, because it's like they're engaged. This was a young, white male uh-huh. who had opinions right, and needed us to know about them. And I didn't need to know about them personally. <laughs> well, there was a point where I was telling you, I'm getting really sick I of this know. guy. And, <laughs> and I was like, please don't hit him. <laughs> right, please just ignore, I'm ignore. Like, I'm trying to enjoy this. Uh, I'm enjoying this movie. And there's a person who's like giving critiques on the dance moves. He just... Had something to say about everything. And I'm glad. Yeah, and I was like, please do some modern dance. Right. Please, right now, just whip out a fucking and this presentation. Is, this is something that I, I learned more about modern dance that I actually like it. Because there were, uh, and this is going to sound really weird, nobody will know what I'm talking about except you. <laughs> there is a dance move she's doing, which is actually looks literally it like it was looks taken from. Like the magic that mm-hmm. they do in. The magicians. Well, yeah, but actually, it's, it's also with these hand movements yeah. and shapes. Yeah, and it also looks like martial arts. Yeah, it this looks, is Shindong yeah. Black Tiger, which is none of you in the audience can see this. I'm doing We're, something fancy. We um, we really are the tiger clawing it up, right? Here. And so I had just like the the strength of the movements and all of it is really like it did martial arts. a lot of what they were doing mm-hmm. in these in these particular right. Um, Programs yeah. did feel martial, yeah, for sure. And Which, so, with reason, right. I think. <laughs> but so, yeah, yeah, it was really. So I, I've learned a new thing about myself. It's like, wow, I, I really like this. This is interesting to watch. So now I'm Ooh, gonna, maybe next season of you. So you think we can dance? You should watch it. Yeah, I'll, I, I've I, never I'm seen this season of that <laughs> show because the screaming lady freaks me out. So. <laughs> I don't have anything against her. She scares me. She's so excited. I, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> All right, is that going to come to that the end? Is should that going to be the end of it? Now that I've recommended a horror movie in, in a movie that's I'm about in the horror. middle of like six series right now. So when I finish one of them, I'll recommend them. There will be some Netflix things. Here's what I don't recommend: HBO and Dish Network. Fuck you guys. Get over it. <laughs> I want to watch Pod Save America. This is bullshit. Uh, that's all. Okay. <laughs> that's my little. I'm just mad. Like. Uh, well, I thought you'd also be mad. Oh, I'm mad about something too. Damn it! I'm Ooh, I'm really angry. Damn it! Damn what? it, Janet! Well, I forgot um, to make a quiche. I am. Sorry, I know that that's one of the things I'm mad about. Well, but I'm also mad that the Criterion Collection has once again eluded mm. my grasp. We signed um, up for Filmstruck, and the next day they said they were canceling it in a month. It sucks. Yeah, and so. The Criterion Collection has some it's of the be homeless. best films it ever made. It was on Hulu for a while, so uh-huh. it may go back to Hulu. Right. 
I wouldn't surprise me if Amazon scooped it up. They've got space, and that seems like a smart Prime mm-hmm. um, addition. Like if they said, call it a, a, a Criterion channel and you mm-hmm. have to pay. Right. No, I would do that yeah. because it's the stuff they have everything from uh, Sayat Ray to Kurosawa to the original Godzilla. They, yeah. These are all parts of the Criterion collection. So They also have stuff that's in color and English. I'm just saying. Well, okay. <laughs> if you want to go that I mean, way. I for mean, you xenophobes out there. <laughs> <laughs> for your past-hating xenophobes out there. It's Yeah, I just, I, I love the fact that I can watch Bergman. I, there was parts of my cinematic when education. When was the last time you watched Bergman? That I is the most fucking popular no, no, no. thing. Ingmar Bergman did a couple of borderline horror movies. That's fine. I reiterate my statement. When was the last time you sat down on that couch and said, watch me some Bergman? No, there was no. a showing Hour of the Wolf on TCM. Okay. And I like wanted to watch that one. Ago? No, no, that was a couple of months ago. Okay. That's they were doing bad. part of a Bergman. And that movie was creepy as hell. There's a couple uh, of them that no, are just like... We don't need like to get into it. It Bergen just was spring. a very... I know, I'm sorry. That sounds it was really pretentious. Really pretentious sentence. I, was, I needed to call you on it. It was not... Well, I didn't mean to be. It's just that I didn't get to see a lot of his mm-hmm. stuff. Like when I was taking film classes, it's like, oh, I got introduced to Kurosawa. I got introduced to these other guys. And they're just... There were some parts that were missing. I'm like, oh, I can actually catch up and yeah, find out. Yeah, the Criterion Collection. Yes, so this is Film a great place. death is yeah. very sad It's thing. a great place to catch up on stuff that if you've heard about this director, if you've heard about their work, Ozu or somebody else, the, and you don't know about it. The best things are in the Criterion Collection. Right, there are. So yeah. go find it if you can. I'm just mad that they, they snatched it away yeah, from me. Yeah, I was like, we're going to go in. We're going <laughs> in the film so, shop. <laughs> we're going to get it. I was so excited. Like, and then literally no. the next day I got an email that was like, film structs? dead now and I'm just like but I was going to give you $85 Filmstruck is in a tree and it won't come down yes oh right right. so we're going to ease our way into it you've got a month so there we go all right, I think that's going to do yeah, it that's pretty good. for this week. Um, oh, I was on an episode, mm-hmm. this week's episode of Guess What You're Going to Hate. What? It's at, that's the name of the show. Oh, okay. It's called Guess <laughs> What You're Going to Hate. No, no, no. It's a podcast that I was on. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We talked about Sweet November. Uh-huh. That movie is rough, y'all. <laughs> I had forgotten. I thought it was like a cute rom-com. No. Uh, I, I was just... She she just saw this. I had seen the original in a hospital room. Uh, I didn't even know there TV, was an original until today. It was just like, non, I, it didn't make any sense to me. It's like, why am I watching this? Well, because it's 3 o'clock because in the morning in the hospital room. Because it's all the hospitals. And, all and so, and then <laughs> I didn't even know there had been a remake. Like, why would you remake Ooh. that film? It was so pointless to start with. To put prettier people in it. Charlize right. Theron, Keanu Reeves. Woof. So I was on that this week. You can find them at, at HatePod. Um, on Twitter, and uh, it's called the sh- once again the show's called Guess What You're Gonna Hate, uh, and it focuses on media from 2000 to 2009, oh, wow. mostly bad. So there you go. Well, there's that. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Somebody so has to do it. Check that out if you want to find us. We're at Latecomers Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're also at latecomerspod at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, ideas for what we should do for our next season, which starts in January, which is sooner than you think it is. It's much sooner Dear than you Dear sweet think. Jesus, it's so soon. Okay. So close. And um, we also have a Facebook group and page. You can choose which one you want to have a 
part in, or both of them. Both of them. I I'm recommend. in both of them. I recommend both. Uh, and next week, we are watching not a heist movie. Yeah, it's not a heist mm. movie. It's called The Siege. It's got Annette Benning and Denzel Washington. Yeah, in it. the hell so of a cast. I'm excited because the people in it, good. 1998, The Siege. We'll be watching that next week. And for now, we would like you to remember that we love you very much and better, better late, late than, than never. never.